If you got your Bibles this morning, we're gonna. I'm not gonna go into something brand new necessarily this morning. As to, uh, uh, we got a lot of visitors and guests here. I want to just lay kind of a foundation of what is taking place, even with the baptisms, and really talking about the Zoe life of God. Are we okay with that this morning? So, if you got your Bibles, that'll be up on the screen. But sometimes it's helpful to read it. But a question that I really want you guys and us to answer this morning is, why did Jesus come? Why did he come? And you know, he said this in his gospels, don't misunderstand why I came. And how many know that's a great place to start is a lot of times where there's problems is in misunderstandings, right? Or expectations. I expected him to do this or I expected this to happen and it didn't, never did. But you know, one thing that we have to allow the word of God to tell you and us is basically this question, why did Jesus come? And again, a lot of people give you different answers. Oh, Jesus was a good man. He was a prophet. He had great ideas, great counsel. He showed man how to live a different way. But we want to go to the word of God and allow the word of God now to give you and I the foundation for which we build our life. Right? We're not talking about opinions or ideas. We have to allow the word. I mean, we sing about it. We get excited about that. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. Right? Those are all great. But what is he talking about? What is my firm foundation? It's the word. So you and I, we have to build our life according to what the word of God says, not the popular thought of today, not how I feel about it, not what my culture that I grew up in told me, not even the denomination that I came from taught me. I have to allow the word of God to preach for itself. And my job is to simply believe it. Okay, everybody shout it. Believe it. That is your and my job is to believe what he said. Okay. So this morning, you're not getting Joel Housing's opinion on the matter. You're not getting Impact Life Church's opinion on the matter. The highest opinion that matters and only matters is the word of God. Are we okay there? So again, the question that we're answering is, why did Jesus come? So in John chapter 1, verse 4, it says this, in him, who's he talking about? Jesus. Did you know that Jesus existed before the world was actually here? Right? He was called the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And it says, verse four, in him was, (laughs) we can read, are we okay? I know school was off this whole last week, but in him was life. Come on, shout it out, life. And again, it'd be good to actually read it in the Greek. In him was Zoe. In him was Zoe. And the Zoe was the light of men. That word light actually means development. So his life was the development of mankind. It's the development of nations. I mean, even if you think about it, you look over the history of our, of our human existence, when you see nations prospered, why was it? It's because the life of Jesus, the gospel was the center of that nation. Why are we driving automobiles today? Because at some point, somebody had the life of God in him and it gave him the idea to drive a car. So any advancement that we've seen in our humanness has all been because of the life, which is the light of men. All right. Next, John 5, 26. Jesus said this, For as the Father has... Okay, now you Greek scholars. Now we say, as the Father has, okay, Greek is Zoe, in himself, so he has also granted the Son to have Zoe, or life, in himself. 
Okay, we're just talking a little bit about it. So the same life that the Father has, is talking about an absolute substance. The way that the Father actually lives, it's called eternal, or zoe, eternal life. And the same life that's in the Father is in Jesus. Now look at this, John three sixteen, a very familiar verse for you and I. But let's break it down, because sometimes we just quote this verse without actually taking the time to think about it a little bit. It says, this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone, shout it with me, everyone, doesn't matter where you come from, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter how good it was or how bad it was, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have, what will they have? Eternal life. Again, Greek scholars, it is zoe. So you simply believe that Jesus is what he has done through his death, burial, resurrection. You now possess eternal life. Okay, John 10.10. Again, what am I doing? We're just laying a foundation. If you want to have a scriptural foundation, what do you need? Scriptures, right? If you want to be a spiritual individual, it's not just by saying, oh, I'm spiritual, I sing a lot. That means nothing. Spiritual people go back to what the word has to say, right? Okay, Now, I love this verse, especially in the Amplified. Jesus, again, is talking, and he's laying a very solid foundation and even a dividing line. He says this, The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, let's pause there just for a quick moment. I know we are well taught. We understand some of these things, but just in case, let's make sure here that so anything that has to do with stealing, killing, or destroying, destroying, who is the author of that? The thief, which is Satan. So Satan is the one that is involved in stealing, killing, destroying. See? Right? That's Spanish for yes. Right? So anytime that you see that, you have to understand and you have to get in your brain, God did not do that. Did you hear about that earthquake? Oh, you know, you know God does mysterious things. You know, God's just judging the nations. No, he is not. Not that way. That's not how he's going to destroy it. So you have to identify, well, God just put sickness on me to teach me something. Sickness, is that adding life to you? It's taking it away. So anything like that, you have to go back to who is the author of these things. It's the thief. Because then Jesus went on to say, I came. So right here, the question we're asking is, why did Jesus come? Let's, add, let's allow Jesus to answer that question. He said, I came that they may have and enjoy Zoe, the life of God. I came that you may have and enjoy life, and now notice this, have it in abundance to the full till it's overflowing. So this is the heart of Jesus in the matter. This is his will concerning your life. This is his will concerning everything that touches your life, relationally, financially, health, mental health, everything you want to talk about in your life. Jesus came that you may have it, how? In abundance, to the full, till it overflows. Well, I'm not really seeing a whole lot of that. Well, we're going to get into that probably as time goes on. But you and I, we have to work the life of God to see it manifest in our life. Just like anything else in our life, it doesn't just, well, I want this to happen. You actually have to work at it. The life of God is on the inside of us. 
Well, you have to actually work God's way of operating to see it manifest. Right? Sometimes we just throw things up there. We kind of call it spray it and hopefully one, spray and hopefully one of these things it. And we're just, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Just hoping one sticks so it can come down. That's not how this works. Right? What do you end up with? A lot of disappointed people who think prayer don't work anymore. So we got to go back and we have to get a firm foundation on the Word of God and allow the Word of God now to teach us and train us how to operate in this Zoe life of God. We okay with that? So now, did Jesus come to give us a new code of ethics to live by? Did Jesus come to start a new religion? Did Jesus come to make you and I better humans? Why did he come? He came to give you and I Zoe. Now, this is a big deal. In fact, it is the crowning achievement of the gospel. Jesus could not give this eternal life unless he went. He said, this this is my passion, for this is the very hour to which I came. And he's talking about what we're going to be celebrating in the next little while. We call it Easter, but it's Resurrection Sunday. Jesus had to go through those three days and three nights in hell in order to get something for you and I, which is called eternal life. It's a big deal. So again, Romans 6.23, again, the crowning achievement of the gospel is this. The wages of sin is death. But, everybody say but. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What's the free gift of God? Zoe, his life. It's God's life that he is operating and living at this very moment. Zoe. Woo! Remember, how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing my opinions. No, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So it's crucial, you guys, again, we have to place our faith in what Jesus has said. Now, in the New Testament, you're going to see that there's three different words translated life in the Greek. So the Greeks got three different words. We have one word and we say life. So when you read through the New Testament, a lot of times you read life, life, life. But a lot of times we don't quite understand what it's meaning. Now in the Greek, we got three different words. One is this, and I'm not trying to bore you, but it's helpful to actually get this understanding when you're reading your Bible. One of the Greek words is P-U-S-C-H-E. I'm not going to try to pronounce that. So if you're Greek, there you go. My big fat Greek wedding. Anyways, okay. We get our word psychology from that word. And again, it refers to the psychological life of the human soul. So it has to do with the mind, the will, and the emotions. The other Greek word is uh, bios, which we get our word biology. And it refers to the physical life or the physical body. Anybody study these things before in school? Now, I think as at large, mankind has spent a lot of time studying these two entities or these two lives that we've experienced because God gave us breath. We have these bodies, we have a mind, and it's beautiful, it's wonderful. Nothing wrong with studying that. But at the same time, we've neglected to study this Zoe life that we've received once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Zoe, again, the the simple definition for it simply means this. It refers to the eternal life of God, the divine life uniquely possessed by God himself. So child of God, we need to take the time to understand what this life is because you've received it. 
And what's so wonderful about this life is that you can actually have more of it, meaning you can operate more in it. Not part of my message, but John chapter 7, Jesus talked about, he went to this festival and he cried out, if anybody is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He didn't say, come to me and think. He said, come to me and drink. Why? Because out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. So the whole purpose of this life, yes, it's supposed to satisfy you, but at the same time, you're supposed to be this same river of Zoe life wherever you go, so you can pass it off to wherever you go. You become dangerous. You become a distribution center of this life wherever you go. Right? That's what Jesus was. Why was Jesus able to do all that he was able to do? It's because he didn't only have just this life for himself. He had so much of it. He is this life that everywhere he'd go, he'd wreck funerals. He, people would be sick and he'd lay hands on them. Poof. People, all of a sudden, there's 5,000 people showing up. Now, how are we going to feed all these people? We got two little triscuits and five little minnows. What are we, how are we supposed to feed all these people? Give it to me. The life of God knows what to do with this stuff. Blessed, and he fed 5,000 men, not even talking about the women and children. And then he had 12 baskets left over. How does all that happen? It's just some kind of mysterious thing out there. No, it's called the Zoe life of God. And you and I are possessors of this Zoe life of God, but we've got to learn how to work in it. We got to learn how to operate in it. We got to learn to let it flow through us so that we become a distribution center of this life everywhere that we go. Thank you for your enthusiasm, Pastor Marlene. Now, this life, again, as we said, if we don't understand the realities, we can't participate in all that it came, in all of its benefits. So remember, we talked about this last week a little bit about seeing is everything in this New Testament. What you perceive, you can take part of. So again, the Christian life is not just hoping God does a miracle once in a while or it'd be nice to see something happen a little bit. No, the whole Christian life is now you being equipped to see something from the life of God. So instead of always being, you know, there's, you know, if you read John 6, there's always needers and feeders. People that are always need, 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 need. When are you going to be a feeder? Where you start distributing this. Oh, I need, 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 need. Give us more, give us more, give us more. I just need more, I just need more. How about you start being the distribution center of this life once in a while? All right, thank you. All right. Now again, the greatest need for mankind up to the time even when Jesus came is to receive this Zoe. Why? Because you and I, all mankind, are born into this earth spiritually dead. So the only antidote that can eradicate sin and the nature of Satan that we were born with is Zoe. It's the only way that eradicates it. Now, there's even a, a story, Mark chapter 10, I don't have that on the screen, but there's a man, uh, or a rich young ruler, I'm sure you've heard that before, but he came running up to Jesus in Mark chapter 10, and he asked this question to Jesus, he said, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Now again, I'm not going to go into the depth of this story on this, but for this gentleman, who from the natural seems, it looks like he's got everything. Right? He's called the rich. Everybody say with me, rich, young, and a ruler? Dude. And remember, this, this situation isn't Jesus coming to the man and saying, hey, let me show you a few things. It's this rich, young ruler. <sighs> 
I found, I found you. Hey, I heard about you. I got a question. How can I inherit eternal life? So when you look at this, it obviously looks like there's something missing in this guy's soul. There's something missing that he's craving, he's looking after. I, I got the money, I got the wealth, I got the rulership, I got everything. I got the prestige, I got the lights on Instagram, I got it all. People are really following me. But how do I inherit this eternal life? It looks to me that there's something missing in his soul. What is it? The Zoe life of God. Now, again, the Christian message is the only message that you will hear where our God actually gives his life, not just for us, he gives his life to us. Every other religion gives you lessons about life. They'll give you a code of conduct to live by. They'll give you rules of when you can eat, what not to eat, how to eat, who not to eat with. And da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Religion is stupid. It talks and talks and talks about rules, but you never attain to anything. But our God is the only one who actually gave not only life for us, but his life to us. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 20, now again, this is the apostle Peter. He's going and he's preaching, and at this moment, his shadow, everywhere he walks, his shadow, if it touches people, they're instantly healed. Talk about the life of God flowing through somebody. Right now, don't get weird and people go, well, I'm going to just lay my shadow on you and then you'll be healed. That's not what it is. It's because the life of God was flowing through this individual, was flowing through this man, Peter. He knew it. He operated it. And it started going this way. He got arrested for doing all that stuff because it caused a big riot. Okay? Well, now they're sitting in jail. And now an angel comes, wakes them up, takes off their chains, and he says, go to the temple and give the people the message of Oh, come on, church. Give the people the message of life. What does this world need? Life. Zoe. Does it need more do's and don'ts? That didn't work. God knew that. That's why he had to give us a new covenant because the old one wasn't working. This new covenant, the whole focus of it is God giving his life to humanity again. Once you called on Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you said, Jesus, I confess you as Lord. What happened? The life of God came on the inside of you. This Zoe, you got impacted by the message of life. Anybody can attest to that? The life of God has impacted you. Man, do you remember where you were before? You accepted Jesus. What happened? Everything changed. Why are you here on a Sunday morning? Why am I giving of myself? Why am I giving of my time? Why am I giving of my resources to the church? What's all that nonsense? It's because we've received life and we saw something. Saw something completely different. I don't know about you, but that's why I'm here. I had no plans being a pastor. It wasn't in my radar at all. Oh, guess what? The life of God came on the inside of me. Lord, what can I do for you? My life is yours. It belongs to you. Praise the Lord. So the question you have to ask is, do you know that you have it? Right now that you are in current possession of this eternal life. It's not, again, you get it when you die. It's quality of life that you can embrace and receive now on this planet. So John chapter 5, again, I want to go back here for a moment. Verse 24, Jesus saying in the Message Bible, he's saying, it's urgent. Sydney, it's urgent. If Jesus saying something is urgent, don't you think it's a good idea to pay attention to it? He said, it's urgent that you listen carefully to this. Anyone here who believes what I am saying right now 
and aligns himself. Say it with me. Aligns himself. Aligns himself. Aligns himself. What does that mean? I come under his lordship. I'm not the boss here. He, I don't tell him what's going to happen. He tells me what I'm supposed to do. See? <laughs> I'm just showing you how cultural I am. They've aligned themselves with the Father who has in fact put me in charge, Jesus says, has at this very moment the real and lasting life other translations say it is life, eternal life, zoe. And it's no longer, listen to this, you have this life of God on the inside of you. Church, here's good news for you. You are no longer condemned to be an outsider. Other translations say there's no condemnation for you. Woo! And he says, this person has taken a giant step can everybody in their seats just take a giant step out of the world of the dead and into the world of the living? So you've just taken a giant step by what? Hearing his message, believing his message, aligning yourself and saying, I believe what Jesus has done. That person right now possesses. Not one day at this current moment in 2024, you are a possessor of the eternal life of God. No longer condemned, but in fact embraced by the Heavenly Father Himself. This life has belongs to you. In fact, you are so brand new that the Bible says you are a species that has never existed before. 2 Corinthians 5. I'm going to just keep reading this verse to you till it clicks, and then we'll just run for the rest of the service. Why, why do we mean run? Well, when you get excited about when you see something, you can't help but go, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it. He says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Let's say that really loud. Old things have passed away, and behold, or Look, all things, say with me, all things have become new. And verse 18, and all of this is from God. From God. The same life in John that we read, John chapter 5, 26. The father has life in himself, so the son has life in himself, and he can distribute it to whoever would embrace him as Lord and Savior. The same life. You don't have a different life than the life of God. You have the, va- the very nature of God the Father himself residing on the inside of us. Woo! Okay, now, this nature has changed, and now you and I are aligning our thinking to match up the life of God that's inside of us. This is what we're in training for, is that my mind and my outer body reflects what's taking place on the inside, because everything has become brand new. Nothing's the same. There's not a little bit of that old nature on the inside of you. It's been completely eradicated because that's what Jesus did with his blood. Now, so what did you step into? Again, you stepped out of the world of the dead and you stepped into Zoe life. 
Do you know what you stepped into by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You stepped into Zoe. What is this Zoe? Again, as we said, it is life as God has it, the same life that the Father has. And again, stepping into the Zoe, you actually can see Jesus walked on this earth. He manifested the Zoe life of God everywhere that he went. That's why he could do what he did. That's why he could stand boldly at Lazarus' tomb. Remember in John 11, his good friend Lazarus is dead. And what did he say? Roll away the stone. Some people, good tension, good willing, good hearts would go, Jesus, are you sure you want to do that? What if he doesn't come out? See, when you understand this life is on the inside of you, there's not this questioning of, I don't know if it's going to work. When you are completely knowing that the life of God is in me, I have the life of God, it's working through me. I know so Jesus could boldly declare, Lazarus, come out. And he comes hopping on out. How could he be so bold? Because the life of God is flowing in and through him. So church, we need a wake-up call. Great that you're studying biology. Great you're studying psychology. Nothing wrong with any of that. But don't forget the most powerful thing of all. You're trying to fix a lot of problems. Well, if we just study more biology, we can fix biology problems. If we just study psychology, we can fix psychology issues. Listen, I'm giving you something even better than that. The Word of God has given us something better than that. You need the understanding of the Zoe life of God that's on the inside of you because the Bible says that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that resides inside of me. And he says, this Spirit, this anointing will absolutely quicken your mortal body. That's what it's there for. That's what it'll do. So you and I, we talked a little bit last week about learning how to fight. Fight and lay hold of eternal life. Fight to see Zoe activated in your life. Now, we'll save that for another time. But in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, again, we're just laying this foundation. Why did Jesus come? Just to help you out a little bit? Bless your hearts. Oh, y'all pretty stupid down there. Let me just come and try to fix you up a little bit. Oh, you got problems? You got a little, little issue here and there? Let me just try to help you with that. No, he came to absolutely blow this thing up and give you his life. So then rather, I remember I used this illustration a while ago, but ever, ever play that game, uh, bump, 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 whack-a-mole? That's what the Christian life kind of is, is devil comes up, whack. Devil comes up over here, whack. And we're just whacking, whacking. In the name of Jesus, whack. Devil, stop it. Would you leave me alone? In fact, the name of Jesus and what he did, giving his Zoe life, it blew up the whole whack-a-mole machine. So when the devil pops his head up, you go, oh, you know what happened last time. Get your butt down there. And you stick it to him rather than being constantly a victim to him. You are not a victim in this life. You are a conqueror through Jesus Christ who loved you. So the church is getting its grit back. The church is starting to awaken to these realities of who they are in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be part of no sissy club. Who wants to come to sissy club on Sundays? Not me, man. It's weak, wimpy. Uh, nothing ever happens. We see no power. Are you kidding me? We got a living God. This ain't no sissy club. This is where the men and women of God come and absolutely any demon that tries to show its head, we blast it out of the water. Easy, great to talk about, but church, we have to start understanding what we got. Doesn't happen by accident, just wishing these things go away. No, it's knowing who I am, knowing the life of God is on the inside of me and telling what's gonna take place because of the life of God. Now, 1 Corinthians 6, 17, just to prove this, he says the person 
who is joined to the Lord. Who's joined to the Lord in here? Come on, the rest of you. Put your hands up in the air. Who is joined to the Lord in this room? What does it say? He is one spirit with him. So if we took a spiritual x-ray machine, plunked it down in front of you, and looked at your spirit and got an idea of what the x-ray looked like and put Jesus beside you, it would look the exact same. The same spirit that's inside of him is on the inside of you. And that's how Jesus operated on this earth was with the Zoe life of God. And he came that you may have Zoe in abundance to the full till it overflows. See, we've limited sometimes in our Western Christianity, we limit it to nicer car, nicer home, nicer carpet, nicer view, nicer, you know, clothes, all this kind of stuff. We've limited all that. Not saying it's, yeah, of course you can believe God for a, a nice pair of shoes. Nothing wrong with any of that. But we've limited it to just natural things. It's so much bigger than that. Zoe, life of God, affects your marriage. Zoe, life of God, affects your children. Zoe, life of God, affects your body. Zoe, life of God, affects your boss that you go see every day. Zoe, life of God, will affect you working in co with coworkers. The Zoe, life of God, will teach you how to live like Jesus lives on this planet. So when people look at you, they go, there's something different about you. And you go, yeah, it's the Zoe, life of God. I know I have it. Oh, wow, oh, oh, okay. And they just walk away from you. But let them hang around a little bit because what you got, the world craves. They're looking for it. They're spiritually dead. So what an opportunity we have, living church, to showcase the life of God through us. Okay. I got about a few more minutes here. But what does eternal life do? I have seven things that I want you to actually write this down. I think I'll have them on the screen, but I want you to see these. What does eternal life do? And in the coming weeks, that's why we want to invite you back so that you can get some more insight into this. What does it do? And how do I see it activated in my life? Number one is this. What does eternal life do? Number one, it satisfies the longing soul. Kind of the individual we talk about, the rich young ruler, right? He came. Can I give you a little illustration on this real quick? Are you okay with that? My wife and I, we were children's pastors for 10 years, youth and children's pastors. So I, I, if you've seen this before, great, you get to see it again. Um, but I wanna just showcase these to you about, about a guy who is looking for a satisfied life. And what he did is he, in his you know, dissatisfaction in life, he chose, um, I didn't do well in school as a, uh, my, what do you call that, fine motor skills? My teacher said they were pretty lousy because I couldn't cut straight. That, look at me now, <laughs> teacher, pretty straight. So what did this guy do? We're, we're telling a story about this individual. There's a guy who's an individual. He, he decided, I'm going to buy a sailboat. So he bought a sailboat because, again, there's this emptiness in the So he bought a sailboat. And on his trails, he's, you know, he's going around the seas, the oceans, and he's, all of a sudden he comes to the Indian Ocean. He's like, this ain't no fun no more. So what does he do? He decides now to sell that. And he goes, and he's like, I'm going to go and start a family. I'm going to go find me a, a good-looking girl green dress. We're going we're gonna to get married. I'm going to love her. We're going to have a bunch of babies. And she's going to make me chicken Alfredo every night. It's going to be glorious. I don't know how to say this next part, but he didn't find satisfaction in that. <laughs> the garlic toast was dry. It just, after a while, it got a little old. This has nothing to do with my wife now. <laughs> you make the best garlic toast ever, babe. But all of a sudden, again, he's starting a family. He's getting, he's getting 
Well, maybe a fish will help. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe a jaguar will help. He's doing all these things. Again, nothing is filled that void soul. So what does he do next? He decides, I'm going to take my family and we're just going to fly around the world. Why not? Because it's, it's coming in March and it's in Alberta. Weather's kind of nasty. So what are we going to do? We're going to go live in Maui for about the next five months. We're going to just hang out there, live on the beach, just be a couple of beach bums and you know, live the life, yo. It's going to be sweet. So we're flying from country to country, going all these different places. But again, alas, a year goes by and there's just uh, something going on. Like the rich young ruler, I got the money, I got the rulership, I got all these things out here. It's not working. So what does he do next? Well, he takes the wings off his plane because that's what you can do, right? <laughs> takes the wings off his plane and what is he making with it? He actually just decides, I'm going to build a spaceship with this. And so he builds a spaceship and he's like, I'm going to just go to another planet. Maybe there's going to be something out there. So he's going places and now he just takes off again lands on all these other planets goes out of this universe can't find anything frustrated nothing's there why because there's only one thing that can satisfy our soul i know you love that but when the kids see that guess what the kids do give me a piece of paper <laughs> again so what does this eternal life do it takes care of this, the longing that you and I have. I just got a shop more. I just need a new vehicle. I just need, I just need to eat. I just got to do this. I need more treats. Whatever it may be for you, you, put, you fill in the blank. There is nothing that can satisfy. Now, I'm not just talking to the unbeliever, someone who hasn't received this life yet, but also to those that do have this life of God. Sometimes we kind of just push it down and I need stuff on the outside to look after me. Listen, one of the dangers is from the church perspective, we're fine going, but I, I chose Jesus over hell. Yeah, for sure. But have you chosen Jesus over the world? That's the question, church, you got to answer. Because sometimes we get so crowded and so busy with other things that when it comes time and we start singing and worshiping the Lord, why does it take three songs to maybe get into it? Why? I'll tell you why. Because we are so full of other stuff. You've already been on Facebook for the last hour. So now we got to come worship the Lord. We're going to lift our hands and go, it's not really getting the dopamine fix that I kind of am looking for. That's the danger that you and I have with all this stuff that's out here so that when the things of God come present and the things of God aren't like a microwave where you just ding, 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 ding. Oh, that's so good. That's not how this kingdom operates. Seed, time, harvest. And a lot of times we come into these settings where, hey, church, let's lift our hands to the Lord. We go, seriously? Like, what, what am I going to get out of it? It's not about you. So really, to even ask the question, did you enjoy the worship, the singing this morning? Stupid question. Why? Because it's not for you or about you. Church isn't a consumer thing. It's something we give to the Lord. We come here to bring our sacrifice to the Lord, to praise to him. We come to come to his word. We come to be with one another. Because listen, you can't do church on your own. And the devil would love to pull you away, have your own little living room church, and just you be the pastor of your little family. That don't work. I know I'm probably stepping on a few toes this morning. I don't really mind Jesus as a toe healer. But that's where we've gotten so dangerous is it just doesn't really suit my family's need. It's not about your family. It's about Jesus and you bringing your kids to say, this is what we do because we serve a living God. 
And what has happens when we come together as a corporate family, it now just becomes my family, it becomes the family of God. So much bigger. You got gifts, you got things on the inside of you that this local body needs and nobody else can take that role until you do it. Did you know that? Well, I'm just sitting here, I'm gonna just sit on my gift. Man, that's gonna be sad because one day you have to stand before Jesus and give an account with the gifts that he's given to you to benefit and bless his church. Now, I don't know about you, but this, that's why I said this isn't a sissy club. This isn't a kind of a Sunday day home where we just kind of get people that, you know, I got really nothing else to do on a Sunday. Let's just come here. No, this is an army. Actually, I talked to this with our staff. We have to get this understanding in church. Sometimes church is a family. Absolutely it is. It's a family of God. Other times it's an organization. There's things that have to get done. There's things that need to get accomplished. But then the other thing, it's also an army. So you have to sometimes learn how to change hats to fit kind of the mode of what's taking place here. This morning, it's more family. There's some family things that are going on here. We got some baptisms going to be great. It's, it's all wonderful, all good. But sometimes you got to learn to take off my hat and go, okay, right now it's not really family time. I got to get my army hat on and I got to start doing some battle because there's somebody in this church that's going through some stuff. Let's go together in this. So church, it's, it's not about just you and I. I don't really feel like going this morning. Great, neither did I. Feelings have nothing to do with it. What do I do? I'm going. Now there's things that sometimes we receive because we believe God, but there's other things that we receive because God actually can trust us. Now I don't know about you church, but I'm not interested in just kind of getting by. God gave me his life. I have the Zoe life of God on the inside of me. And it's not just to make me feel all warm and fuzzy like a Sherpie. <laughs> It's on the inside of me to be a blessing to people that I come in contact with. I love all of a sudden when I pray for somebody in Walmart, they get healed. I love when that takes place. I love that. And guess what? That's what the life of God is supposed to do. I got off on my topic, but the Selah. I was going to say voila, but that's not right. Selah. So now what else does eternal life do? Number one, it satisfies a longing soul. Number two, it breaks Satan's dominion. Oh, come on. Let's say this one together. What is number two? It breaks Satan's dominion. I'm not going to get into that time for scripture's sake, but that's really good. We'll hit that another time. Number three, it puts me in union with Christ, joint fellowship with him. Number four, it enlightens your intellect and it enhances your personality. Now, don't look at anybody right now. You need a personality fix. Listen, the life of God, it gives you freedom to be the uniqueness of you in Christ and Christ in you. There's, I mean, we've heard it over and over. There's nobody like you on the planet. Absolutely true. Well, how, can we, how do we see that come to fruition? Is actually learning how to tap into the life of God inside of me because we're all unique in it. And it's beautiful. It's amazing. So the life of God will enlighten your intellect to the point where I can say, I, I can do this. There's nothing that I can't do. If you're in college or you're in school this morning, you can just say this, no matter how difficult it may be, I, I can do this. Why? The life of God is on the inside of me. And I'll give you a scripture for it. It's Psalm 119, 97 through 100. There is nothing that I cannot learn. Why? Because the life of God is on the inside of me. If there's a that I'm facing at work, it looks like, man, nobody's got an idea for it. Lord, I thank you that the life of God is on the inside of me. And this life is the light or the development of men. Lord, I thank you for an answer to this right now. I receive that answer. Lord, what do I need to see? And watch the life of God flow.
All of a sudden you go, oh, I see it. What is that? That's the life of God flowing. Number five, what else does the life of God do? It repels Satan, sin, and sickness. Romans 6, 14, sin shall not have dominion over you. Your days of being under the influence of darkness is over. Come on, over. Why? I have the life of God. Number six, can't get into a time sake. Number six, though, is this. The life of God enables you to sow words of life everywhere you go. You become a distribution center. This life now enables me, especially, especially in my home. All children, I personally believe this with all my heart, that all children should and have an absolute right to grow up in a home where eternal life is known and the life of God is spoken over my children. Not you idiot, why can't you ever learn anything? No, not a chance those words ever come out of my mouth. Why? Because they got the life of God on the inside of them. Oh, I just don't understand what to do with this. Hey, the life of God is on the inside of you. Come on, what, what, come on just let's pray about it a little bit and then let's ask the Lord for some help on this. You are, my kids, you are never stuck. And we're talking about, we want to send them out as arrows to go into the world. Yeah, well, they get equipped in the home. Make sure that you're speaking these words of life over them. My children are taught of the Lord. Their bodies are whole. Their minds are sound. My children are blessed everywhere that they go. I plead the blood of Jesus on my children all the time. Even London asked me this a couple nights ago. Papa, you plead the blood of Jesus over me a lot. Yeah. I'm going to bed. I plead the blood. Over what? You're going to have good dreams tonight. You're going to sleep sound. No devil messing you up. And number seven, the, the love of God, or sorry, the life of God, enables you to love the unlovely. Anybody say, thank God for that. That is a good thing, right? Awesome.